Welcome into the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm your host, Rob Warner, and today I'm joined, as always, by site publisher Chris Cartman. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And uh, we want to make sure we bring you guys this podcast. There's still a lot going on uh, despite COVID-19, especially in the sports world. Obviously, uh, the NCAA tournament was canceled. A lot of sporting events being canceled or, or postponed uh, into the distant future, it seems, at this point. Uh, Chris, ASU basketball season ended so abruptly after so much promise, specifically in the month of February, winning seven straight, eight of the past or eight of the team's last 11 games in conference play. And I know Bobby Hurley uh, spoke to us earlier this week about that. Uh, what did you make of specifically how this affected ASU basketball and, and the season just being ended? Well, I think it was unfortunate for all basketball teams across the country. Uh, you work so hard to put yourself in a, in a situation where you're going to have the opportunity to compete in tournaments in March. That's the goal of all of these athletes. And not only to have that uh, wiped away, but, but to have it ended in, a, in uh, a completely unexpected manner, I'm sure, for most of these guys is, is a really difficult uh, emotional thing. I, I don't uh, you know, anything short of like a season ending or career ending injury, you, you, which is unexpected, you don't typically see this happen, but this happens for an entire team, an entire conference, an entire sport. So that's, that's momentous. And f- from an ASU perspective, of course, I think anyone would feel worse uh, f- for Mickey Mitchell and Rob Edwards, you know, these seniors went through so much to try to get themselves to this point. They both had surgeries, back injuries. Mitchell had a host of other issues. Mm-hmm. He had gained 60, 70 pounds um, through this, this uh, a period of basically not playing for a year or more and worked so hard to get himself back into this position where he was not just playing, but ASU was very successful when he was a starter mm-hmm. and all of that. And then that kind of gets – the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. And so you feel really bad for that. And, and now the NCAA uh, by all indications is not going to give additional eligibility for winter sports athletes, which includes basketball. And so that means your, the career, your career is over. And I don't know that Mickey Mitchell is going to be playing somewhere else professionally mm-hmm. after this. He may or may not. I think Rob Edwards has a chance to maybe play professionally, but um, it's a difficult thing. To be sure, can't imagine the emotions of, of the people involved. And I just kind of, you know, feel bad for them uh, that that happened. And then for ASU's team, of course, this was going to be – this was an NCAA tournament team. I'm very confident they were going to make the tournament even if they had lost in mm-hmm. their first game. You know, there was a possibility of maybe if they lost that they that to Washington State that maybe they could have dropped to be in Dayton. Uh, but you know, the bottom line is a- ASU is a a tournament caliber team three years in a row, mm-hmm. and that that team hasn't made the the NCAA tournament three years in a row since the early 1960s. And granted. The tournament was smaller and included fewer participants then. It's a little bit easier to make now. But uh, Bobby Hurley has done a really good job at ASU overall, uh, just in terms of the actual you know, performance, wins, losses, conference standing, 
uh, NCAA tournament berths. And, um, and I, I think that this was the team that maybe was, had the best chance at advancing in the tournament because they clearly were very good in, in February. They had that little hiccup there for a few games against good competition, mostly. And, um, you know, but we're never going to know now. And that's, that's mm-hmm. just kind of unfortunate. Yeah, certainly. Um, and as this was unfolding, it, it just seemed that, you know, you're seeing all over the nation, this specifically from, from basketball seniors and just teams overall, just clamoring to how, how disappointed they were uh, with, with just how it was going to, to unfold and how it was going to continue um, to go. I'm curious what you think of what this season did for Bobby Hurley and how he's going to be viewed. As you said, three times it looked like they were going to be going back to the tournament, which would have been three times consecutively for the first time since the 60s, as you said. What do you think this season did for for him and how ASU fans should perceive what he's doing here? Well, they they finished in the top three of the Pac-12 two years in a row. And when you look at their team projecting into next year, of course, losing Mickey Mitchell and Rob Edwards, you know, those guys were starting. But uh, we'll have to see about Romello White. You know, we posted in, in the sanctuary for our members uh, earlier this week that he's going to explore professional opportunities. Um, you know, the, the sources that I've spoken with believe that he's more likely to come back than not to play a senior year. Remember that he uh, was a forced academic redshirt as a freshman. So he's already been at ASU four years. He's going to have his degree, you know, but at the same time, he knows as everybody else knows that when you also have Remy Martin returning, who will be one of the favorites to be PAC 12 player of the year, probably next year. uh, And you have a lot of other ancillary veteran pieces Tayshawn Cherry, Kamani Lawrence, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then you get this infusion of uh, players that uh, will definitely include Marcus Bagley, who's a top 50 prospect, and, and maybe additional guys. We're waiting mm-hmm. on a couple of really high-profile names that are going to make their decisions here in the next couple of uh, weeks, including probably Josh Christopher, a five-star guard. ASU has a chance, Rob, to be uh, right at or near the very top of the Pac-12 in the forecast, which is very rare, and especially rare after three consecutive good seasons that are NCAA caliber. So uh, I think it's it's pretty apparent that they're doing things that, uh, you know, the, like if you look at the previous uh, coaches in recent history, mm-hmm. uh, you had with Herb Sendek, I think twice where they had three good years in a row, but it was like split up by some really bad seasons. I don't think that we've seen four really good seasons in a row uh, in decades uh, and maybe the entirety of the Pac-12, the Pac-10 slash 12 era. And I think that that's kind of what we're on the precipice of with Bobby Hurley. And, And Chris, you mentioned it briefly in that answer just there, uh, but you've, we've reported all, all year how, ASU and, and Bobby Hurley specifically was building toward next year and having this team, like you said, with uh, with you know a, a person that or a player that has as much of a chance to win Pac-12 Player of the Year as anybody in Remy Martin as a senior. You get Ramella White as a senior, another year of Alonzo Verge, uh, some of these freshman pieces that could uh, take shape with with Bagley and potentially Christopher. 
What do you think about ASU's capability moving forward uh, with what you're saying specific to next year, though? Yeah, it depends on some of these variables, right? Like, are we like, does Romello White definitely come back? Does everybody definitely come back who has eligibility? Uh, we saw Alonzo Verge, sixth man of the year in the Pac 12. Uh, he was the leading scorer coming off the bench, I think, nationally. And so, the, the 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 backcourt tandem is going to be excellent. If you also have Romello White and you have these uh, these wing pieces that are very experienced by that point, uh, and then depending on what you get in terms of the recruiting piece, like see the thing is, Rob, this time of year, March April, there's still a lot more work that is usually done with getting rosters mm-hmm. set, right? So. If ASU gets Josh Christopher and, and Cliff Omaroi, you know, then then all of a sudden they're looking at, you know, and then maybe they get a grad transfer or something like that. Well, now you're looking at a, a possible top ten type of a team in the country. Like that's not that's not beyond the realm of of of, of possible. Uh, they're not going to be like a preseason top fifteen or, or top twenty probably, and certainly not without those. Uh, those recruiting things solidified. So we have to see what ends up happening there. But I, I do think that ASU, um, if everybody comes back, has a very good chance of being a top 25 type of a team next year. In specific, we're going to shift a little bit toward football. How, how, how did ASU football players and coaches find out about this, Chris? And, and what do you think is going to happen with them moving forward right away? Yeah, so... This all developed very rapidly, right? Like we were in Vegas. We got to Vegas on the on uh, Wednesday. Uh, they were playing games on Wednesday. We got to Vegas uh, an hour maybe or so before the uh, the news broke um, with the NBA season being canceled, the first COVID case with Rudy Gobert and all of that. And once I saw that, I was like, okay, things are going to really things are going to really escalate quickly. They're going to rapidly evolve here because that was going to lead to a lot of uh, cascading effects. Um, I, I really felt like the bare minimum, of course, would be that games would be canceled and, uh, or, you know, without fans and then maybe canceled at some point in time later. It all, that ended up happening within, you know, 12 hours or so, everything was canceled. We came back, we, we, we were in Vegas less than 24 hours came back. Um, ASU football was evaluating this. Remember, there were they all their players were on spring break. Most of them were gone for the week. They a lot of them started to filter back. And then by Saturday, they put out a a, a, um, a team-wide uh, uh, email or text that said, hey, if this is not a mandatory meeting by any stretch, but we're gonna all get together on Monday. Uh, if you're in town and uh, and want to participate and kind of just go over where things are at and 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 what it's going to be like for us moving forward in the short term, and we don't know about the medium and long term because those things are kind of very uncertain. And the NCAA, of course, had um, around this time also set forth that there would be no uh, organized team activities through at least. Um, the end of this month and the recruiting wasn't going to mm-hmm. go on uh, in terms of uh, visitors to the campus or off-campus visits. 
until at least April 15th. I think that that it's pretty, to me, it seems very likely, very apparent that those things are probably going to continue. Um, and, and they're, they're not going to just resume practicing. I, I don't know that for sure, but that's, that's sort of my sense uh, of things. Um, just in terms of what you see kind of permeating all of the rest of our, our society with, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the, 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 so, the, the social distancing measures right. and the, 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 no gatherings of more than a certain number of people, right? You have States that are not allowing gatherings of more than 50, 25, or in some cases, 10 people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you go out, you go out to a football practice or a team meetings and you got a hundred people, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure what's I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I kind of suspect that we're going to be in a longer hold on this. And then, so what's happening with the players now is after they had this meeting, which I'm told that a majority attended, but but certainly not nearly uh, all of them. Um, some of them they didn't come back for the meeting. You know, families had concerns about flying, right? Um, you know, so. So some of them stayed at home, whether they're in California or in other parts of the country. And, um, and then others who attended this meeting on Monday, which was just an informational thing. It was, it was okay, here's what we're, we're going to continue all of our tutoring. It may not be in person. Some of it's going to be digital. It's going to be, you know, via, you know, all these different methods. Right. We're still, we're still going to have nutrition for everybody. Cause remember the, these guys, they get a lot of their meals from the student athlete facility, the football building, essentially, mm-hmm. instead of having buffets for that, they're going to have carry out boxes of, of pre prepared foods specific to the needs that each individual player has. So if you're trying to gain weight, mm-hmm. there's one sort of a, a, a packaging. If you're trying to lose weight, maybe another type of packaging. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, but to keep gathering, you know, people from sort of gathering, it's more of a what we're seeing, you know, with the to go of restaurants and and those sorts of things. So, um, mm-hmm. a lot of the players decided to leave. A lot of the players they they they, they realize this week there's not going to be anything for a couple weeks. There's no reason to be on campus or in Tempe because you don't have in person classes, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of them actually returned home. Uh, and that, that, those are all family decisions. There's no, uh, there's no organized weightlifting or, or any of that stuff. That's all shut, you know, shuttled for the moment or for the time being, I should say. And, um, and then what's happening now is there's a, what's called discretionary period work, which is basically sort of suggested things that guys can do. Uh, to stay fit and healthy and in shape, you know, in, in, in all respects that's being sent out from ASU strength and conditioning people. And uh, there's a mental health, you know, component to it, nutrition component to it and mm-hmm. all of that. And all, all programs across the country are in a similar boat. And it's, and to me, I look at it as the ones who handle this the best are going to be the most prepared when things resume. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I think there's going to be a continuing streamlining and an improving of the process around this, but that's going to probably take some time because this has never happened before. 
And, and Chris, how do you expect this to have an impact on recruiting for football moving forward? ASU coming off of one of its best recruiting classes in recent history, as we reported. How do you think right away and dipping into 2020, 2021, 2022, this could affect things? Right. So um, a, a pretty, a pretty uh, a definite effect in the sense that you're not going to have kids visit your campus and ASU had a lot of guys who were planning to come either this this weekend or the following weekend. In fact, mm-hmm. on on March 21st, ASU was planning on having several dozen high-profile kids visit, most of whom were going to be from out of state, including a lot of kids from the south and, and back east, eastern seaboard, up to like New Jersey, New York area. And and so that can't happen now. And it's it goes without saying, I think, that that kids want to be able, a lot of them, most of them, they want to be able to see the school that they're going to go to before they make that decision, right? And, uh, and, and these, it's not that ASU is at a, a, a disadvantage to other schools because nobody can have kids on their campus, okay? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what happens when you're trying to recruit a lot of kids from outside your area and something like this goes on is there are other factors that are now going to be considered. Like do families want their kids to go as far away from school? You have a compression of the recruiting class uh, cycle, meaning that there's not as much time to go visit other places, right? And so that means that you may not be able to do as many trips as you otherwise would be if you're these kids and their families. And so ASU and all schools are going to have to sort of get the best sense of where they stand with their, with their recruiting boards to assess the likelihood of being able to get kids onto their campus to be able to progress those recruitments, which is difficult because you don't know exactly when some of these restrictions are going to be removed. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and see, because normally you get, you know, they now have the official visits that are in second half of April through June, a good portion of June. Well, let's see what happens with that. You know, right now it's like, okay, maybe, maybe they're going to still be able to take these kids who are going to unofficially visit and they can convert those to official visits maybe in the spring. If that happens, if it's not, you know uh, if this, if this ban isn't, isn't pushed out even further because of, you know, uh, developing events and uh, maybe some of these kids are still going to be able to unofficially visit, but they'll do it later in the year. They'll do it in the summer, June, July, or whatever. Um, I think we're going to have to see, but you're, these, these coaching, this coaching staff is going to have to be very adaptive to what's happening and is going to have to have a good read on where they stand with the kids in their recruiting pool, because mm-hmm. that's what's going to determine how successful they're ultimately en- going to end up being. Because let's face it. These kids who are high school seniors, they're not going to be like going to college. They're not going to be delaying going to college, mm-hmm. de- delaying signing unless, you know, like an absolute worst case scenario happens. Right. 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 It's it, so all this does is going to compress this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot for us still to cover to get a sense of 
how these kids actually feel about ASU, what their likelihood of being willing to consider going into ASU, given all these variables are, and then and then continue to cover that as as the story evolves. Right. And, and Chris, how will that sort of shape some of the content that we're going to have coming to our site in the coming weeks and months uh, about this recruiting specifically? So, and see, this is, if there is a silver lining from a, from, from a, a, a standpoint of what we do professionally, it's that spring ball was already going to come to an end. And in, in, in March, you know, uh, I think like 10 days or so from now. And, um, the, you know, ASU, you know, had a chance to, to, to advance and maybe, maybe do win, a, win, a, win some games in the, in the NCAA tournament, but I, very unlikely it was going to continue to play into April, right. Or well into April, you know? So what that means is that we were other than baseball, which is a much not unimportant, but a much smaller portion of our coverage, uh, sphere, um, things were not going to be that different for us in, let's say, April, May, June, other than we would be covering, uh, you know, what kids have to say about visiting ASU, right? Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's really not going to be that different. It's still, ASU still offered, a, you know, 200 plus kids. We still need to cover all of their recruitments. We still need to... Um, basically update the analysis of our roster, which we do every single spring and summer. So we do player capsules for every single returning scholarship player. We do position uh, grades for every, and that takes uh, a couple, two, three months to, to basically work through. So we're going to be doing all those things and we can still also uh, in, in a lot of detail talk about the new schemes that ASU has with its new coordinators, what that's going to look like. Uh, we can do all kinds of stuff that really provide a, 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 a rich sort of perspective about where things are at with this program. And um, it's important to say, I think, Rob, that uh, we had a record year last year in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the eyeballs on the site and, and revenue and all those sorts of things. And that's, you know, that's because we covered it thoroughly, but more importantly, it's because ASU football is something that fans were feeling great about, right? They, mm-hmm. they liked the trajectory of what was happening under Herm Edwards, uh, the, the recruiting success and all those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so this situation, whether it lasts, weeks, months, a year, it's, it's probably not going to change the way that people feel about those things vis-a-vis how everybody else feels about their programs in the rest of the country. Like that's going to all kind of remain static until this thing kind of, you know, uh, plays itself out. And now moving toward ASU baseball, Chris, the season obviously ended very abruptly, such as ASU basketball did and Tracy Smith and his team, which was top 10 in the country for, you know, really the only month that they were able to play. Uh, the season scrapped for them. And for Tracy Smith, uh, you know, his future uh, still uncertain, obviously, but it seems like he probably is going to return to ASU baseball. 14 draft-eligible players on this baseball team, and and there's been talks that the MLB could potentially um, skip this year's draft. That could certainly have ramifications on, on this team and potential uh, first round, or excuse me, first overall pick 
Spencer Torkelson. What's been your perspective on how this is shaping ASU baseball as well? Well, importantly, the NCAA is very likely to, to give additional year of eligibility for baseball players, first of all. Uh, so a lot of guys who felt like they needed to improve their stock or they just want to you know, continue on at ASU, they're going to be able to do so. Uh, for the guys that were planning to leave or likely to leave, like Torkelson, of course, um, I suspect that that won't be changing even if they don't have a draft. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's kind of an early assessment of this. Um, the reason that they're, that, and that's, this is going to be probably challenged because you have baseball subject to antitrust and there's, there, there's some, there's some difficult things that have to be worked through. But I, I think what's going to happen is baseball increasingly views its season as, uh, in, in serious jeopardy and, um, and drafting and then paying players bonuses and salary to not who haven't played for your organization and, and won't be maybe for a period of time. Um, it, it, you know, that's, that's something that they may not want to take on. It, it, mm-hmm. You know, your, your, your staffing, your, your, your employment costs, that's the number one cost of most businesses. And certainly mm-hmm. it is in these major sports mm-hmm. and, and these guys make a lot of money. You know, I think, seven, eight, nine million dollars for signing bonuses for the top pick, right? So um so yeah, I could see them uh deciding to not have a draft or postpone a draft. What I would say is that if you're somebody like Torkelson, it, mm-hmm. it's not gonna probably change where you're projected to end up in a draft much. Mm-hmm. Even if they decided to combine all players into two drafts mm-hmm. uh over a two-year period or they delay a draft or whatever. And financially, he's going to have, for sure, agents who are going to be willing to pay him to sit out and train and do whatever in the, in the interim. Um, so, mm-hmm. so my sense is that it, it probably won't change too much in terms of um, the top guys. Other guys, they may decide to return for another year. And everybody having another year of eligibility, I think, is the only really fair way to go when you play – you know, they probably played at, at most, what, like a quarter to a third of their season, right? So, right. Um, so yeah, but again, for, for, for the team, that's a highly frustrating thing. And for mm-hmm. Tracy Smith as well, uh, right. they've, been work, they've been working to get themselves into a position to where they can have the, a, a, uh, you know, a possible College World Series run, or at least put themselves to where they can host regionals and maybe super regionals. And it looked like this was at least their best chance that they had at doing mm-hmm. that in, in, in years. And, um, and, and ASU fans have been very frustrated with the, the, how the, the team hasn't fared as well as a lot of people have, have hoped that it would. And now you have it to where that was maybe possible looking right. like it, it could happen. And now boom, and it's done like that. And now you got to wait another year until they're, you know, is ASU baseball again. So. Right. Um, and I mean, as you, you've said throughout this podcast, we're going to keep uh, coming on with content, keeping on with podcasts, uh, recruiting coverage, as you mentioned, Chris, um, but that's going to do it. Uh, for this edition of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. For publisher Chris Cartman, I'm your host, Rob Warner, saying so long and thank you for tuning in. Akuna Matata.